this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. こたつでみかん食べてるあ今日カンパヤシおすすめの映画見たよ面白かったそうか素晴らしい SF 映画だろクリストファー・ノーラン Hello and welcome to Reanime. I am your host who forgot to do the reading,、uh, Eric Thurm. And with me today is Maris Kreitzman, head of events and marketing at McNally Jackson Bookstores, host of the Maris Review podcast, literary industry titan. Uh, uh, <laughs> Maris, how, how are you doing today? You know, on, on that relative scale, okay. It's good to be here. I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we're, we're here doing a real episode.、Uh, I will at some point probably ask Congresswoman Ilhan Omar to come on the show again,、uh, but hopefully we'll sort of space, space out those pleas.、Um, If you want me to do one, I, just let me know how I can be. Oh,、useful. that sounds great. I would love to. Maybe at some point I can do sort of like a We Are the World. Kind of thing <laughs> where, like, everyone who has ever been a guest on this show will say, like, one line of dialogue, you know, and then, like, at the end, Sarah McLaughlin will come in and be like, please, That'll beautiful. Beautiful. come go on the show. It's, it, and, and that I think will be good because it'll sort of play on, like, other people's pity for me instead of、mm-hmm. me making、yeah. a proactive case.、Uh, well, then you'd for- have to also put animals in there if you're doing Sarah McLaughlin. Could have, I mean, I'll, I'll get Mona, I'll, I'll steal the cat and have her. <laughs> There you go. Her, There you yeah, go. Yeah. I think that's、uh, a great plan. Be, be present for this.、Um, Maris, what is your, your history、uh, with anime as a genre or as, as a medium? Not a lot. Like, I've, since we've gotten streaming,、uh, we've watched a little bit, but like, I'm a newbie, let's say. What, what, what'd you guys watch? Well, so my husband Josh writes for Jesus and Marrow, so they were on.、Um, uh, Neo Yokio? Neo Yokio.、Um, and so that was really the, my, my first. Anime show.、Uh, it was great. Yeah, that, that show was a lot of fun. We, maybe we'll do it at some point、uh, here. Definitely, I'm like very curious, and this is like a totally different topic, but what, what that would be like to watch as like your first thing in this vein, because there's so much about it that is like, You've seen all of these shows that have all、right. the like upskirt shots and you know, all these like things that happen、uh, as sort of like tropes. So I, I wonder, I, like, I can't imagine what it would be like to come in cold. I mean, I, I, I still don't think I'm coming in. It's weird. Like, it's in the culture, and therefore I, you know, I've seen an, enough that it's like, If I said that I don't really listen to pop music, but I, wa- I go to Dwayne Reed, like, I,、um, it's, it's part of our culture now. Yeah, I think that's true. And especially,、uh, love any show in which Jude Law plays a robot.、Um, if you have not seen Neo Yokio,、uh, Jude Law does play a robot. It's great. Love sort of all bizarre Jude Law castings here. Indeed. Indeed. He, he will be the new Jake Gyllenhaal. God. I mean, honestly, maybe. I don't know. I, I've been watching the, <laughs> the thing he, he's doing, he did on HBO. That's like basically、oh, yeah. the HBO version of The Wicker Man. It's great. I just like need you lot to、Ooh. do just every possible genre of like thing. I'm, I'm in. They, Let's do it. They,、uh, 
but it, it's funny that you you mention uh, you know sort of going in and and not having a ton of uh, cultural background, but still sort of getting the gist because that is in fact the premise of the show uh, <laughs> that we are talking about today. Uh, which I will do yes. sort of a brief introduction for, and then we'll just sort of like talk about generally what you thought about it and some of the the issues that come up. Uh, so this is a show uh, called Miss Bernard Said, uh, a gag anime based on the manga by Yuki Shikawa. Miss Bernard Said follows four varyingly bookish middle school students. Sawaka Mashida, the titular Miss Bernard, has worked very hard to make it seem like she reads a lot, even though she rarely gets through a book or even opens it. Her friends include Shiori Kanbayashi, a very serious reader who loves science fiction, Sumika Hasegawa, a mild-mannered girl who is a librarian uh, somehow in the middle school who loves Sherlock Holmes, and Endo-kun, whose personality is being a boy. Uh, the series animated by studio creators in pack written by yuichi uchibori and directed by hisayoshi hirasawa originally aired from october through december of 2016 and you can watch all of it on crunchyroll um all 12 episodes that are each three minutes long uh which i am excited about because i have been getting into short form uh anime since lockdown started because i do not have the attention span to watch things Mm. that are long and I love that there is like a whole genre of this thing that I already really liked that is designed to be like, here is a little sugar hit and it's a couple minutes long and you're going to appreciate all the jokes and then you can keep going about the rest of your day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, More sh- it's like what Quibi wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. Quibi, call some people in the anime industry. Yeah. You guys have nothing on four panel gag comics. <laughs> that basically is what Quibi should have been. Jeffrey Katzenberg, yeah. you have my number. Um, I'm sure we could make some stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what what uh what did you think about this? Uh, like, what was your sort of overall all take on this? That I I know her, Miss <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Bernard, and 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 I um. It, it made me sort of really nostalgic for my Tumblr days when you could do book Twitter, book Twitter, book Tumblr, and um, make a whole aesthetic about books that you might not have read. <laughs> yeah, because it really like was it. So did you did you just watch the first three episodes or did you watch more of them? Just the three. Okay. Because, like, as it goes on, you get a little bit more of a sense of sort of the lengths that she will go to to, like, pretend to have read books. And some of it is, like, really smart stuff that I feel like I also would think about sometimes, right? It's, like, so... I feel like so much of this show is just her explaining how people talk at parties. Yes. Um, Yeah. And, like, in particular, there's this episode where they're talking about, like, a list of the, like, whatever, a thousand sci-fi books that you should read. And she says, uh, Miss Bernard uh, says, like, oh, I, like, I haven't even read half the books on the list. Uh, and then and then she's like, I said that because I haven't read any of the books on the list. But if I say yeah, I haven't even yeah. read half the books on the list, people will think, like I've read, think I've read. Uh-huh. Yeah, people will think I've read, like, 30 to 40 percent of them. That's smart as hell. And it's like, yeah, it's like. to do that. I've definitely done that at parties before, but the the thing I like about this character is that she's just so like blunt about that. Uh which it, like, they also, have her number. <laughs> it, it it defeats the purpose almost, I feel like. Right? If you well, if you the, talk to your friends about how you you haven't read the books, like you have to trick people. Yeah, you have to have some artifice. Um but there was all uh, there was a book a few years ago. I'm not gonna remember the title now. Um, called like how to pretend you've read books, and it, oh, it wow. and uh, that's not the exact title, but it it was like a guide to like how you can talk more at parties about books with that you haven't read. And I was just thinking, like, imagine that much how much time you spend doing that if you took just that much time and read one book, <laughs> you'd be one step closer. That's true. I mean, I feel like it, it's weird because. 
generally speaking, I feel like I don't like, you know, it's like annoying to talk to people that are like this, but I find this character extremely endearing. And I think that it's because she's like so upfront about what she's doing (laughs) that I can't like, it doesn't feel like you're being deceived. You're just like, I guess these are your priorities. I don't know. Like, I mean, I love the idea that there is a world in which being well-read is the most important thing. Um, yeah. And that, that's like, okay, I can get on board with, with this um, world building. Yeah, that's like a classic uh, anime thing where like you'll take the sort of subject of the show and then they'll be like, this is the only thing that matters uh, <laughs> in, the, in the world. So like, I guess in Neo Yokio, right, it would be like, being depressed and rich is sort of like the yep. most important thing in the world. But then you get, um, you know, in the, the other thing that I suggested that we potentially talk about for this episode is this show called library war, uh, which also is sort of like books are the most important thing. It takes place in a like dystopian future where uh, in response to government censorship, the library has militarized and there are just like there's just like a war and the library is like a military base. And I feel like that's like the natural conclusion of this approach to books. Absolutely. And and, and that's even like the magician's uh, TV show on sci-fi has has a, a militarized library as well. And uh, yeah, I can see that. But that. I feel like that library is like scary. Like, I feel like they're they're sort of like the villains <laughs> yes. a little bit. And I, I, I have not seen Library Wars, but my understanding is that the the you follow the librarians, right? It's sort of like a, a Fahrenheit 451 kind of deal. Oh, wow. OK. Well, because they're, they're like at war with the government over over censorship. That uh, makes which sense. rules. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, put, I would watch a version of that about like a lot of different municipal like uh administrative branches of the government like i would definitely watch one that was like about like like postal workers i mean my mom used to work at the sewerage authority i mean it writes itself almost uh god yeah (laughs) but it's very funny that this character like puts so much work into pretending to have read these books to the point like you said i think that like she probably could have read one of the books and it feels sort of like <laughs> yeah. very obvious that she has like a philosophical commitment to not reading, which I like, I think I almost respect more than if someone was like, oh yeah, like I love reading. I just like, don't do it. But she's just like, no, like I won't, like I won't read. And there are, there are a couple of episodes later in the season where she talks about books that she has read and they're like basically Japanese joke books. <laughs> so she's I mean- like, this book is like, 200 pages and every page has one sentence on it like (laughs) but but that's helpful in the meantime like when you're when that's like a a gateway drug (laughs) yeah and she she does like you know over the course of the season she like becomes marginally more interested in reading i think and the the other characters like kind of get what she you know she like develops this this relationship with the the other character who's like very intense. Um, mm-hmm. And, but it, it, it really like the stuff that is important to her, I feel like is stuff that is important to a lot of people that are, are in like interested in books that people just don't talk about. Like so much of what she talks about is like how the book looks, how long it is, like how cool you look when you're reading it. And it's like, I would be lying if I said that that was never something I thought about when I, you know, back in the time when we like took the subway, right. I'd be like, oh, what yeah. book do I want to be seen reading on the subway? Like you're, cause you're, you're really like, you're making a statement. And, and really uh, social media has really evolved the quote unquote book aesthetic into like a real like lifestyle brand almost like so many bookstagrammers are surrounded by books and they pose with books and they look like perhaps they're posed reading books, but I'm still not convinced they've actually read them. And that is that it made me think of that for sure. Are any of those people, cause I'm like not in that part of the internet Are any of those people endearing or are they all like really annoying? There's always, I mean, I'm going to always enjoy 
someone who really values books. Um, that said, <laughs> there are there are varying levels, and you know the latest is book talk. Um, I, what, what's that? It's TikTok, but you know the book section. Oh wow! And huh. um, it's again very much about aesthetics and and you know saying little quippy things like everything else on TikTok is and. Um, the other day on Twitter, people just got so mad that this woman insulted David Foster Wallace, uh, an old insult, like a very old, like rehashed, uh, men who like David Foster Wallace, uh, but this was a thing that was on book talk. <laughs> and I was thinking like, I can't believe people are taking this seriously. It's like... I feel like that is like the best possible reason that you could imagine someone like really wanting to appear to have read books because like, <laughs> like stuff like this just happens like over and over again. And like, I don't know why, like even it, it feels almost like let's pretend that I was a person who was like long-term invested in, you know, the capital D discourse. And I was mm -hmm. like, listen, I could follow the news and then I would be exhausted and depressed constantly and have like occasional things to say, or I could form really strong opinions about Moby Dick and David Foster Wallace and all of mm -hmm. like be in the discourse like three times a year, like easily like clockwork. Yeah. Because for some you reason, don't you don't have to know about any other books, which is like, what a great shorthand. <laughs> uh, which I, I mean, like on some level, it's like, I don't know, like, there's nothing that you could do about it, really. Like, I feel like people often are like, ugh, like, it's so annoying that people use, like, the books that they read or whatever to be, like, to say things about them. Um, like, even a, a couple months ago, I wrote uh, I wrote this this piece about men who uh, love Carly Rae Jepsen. And yes. a couple of people, you know, who were commenting on it, I think not unreasonably, where, like, men liking Carly Rae Jepsen is just, like, a honeypot. It's, like, a way of, like, signaling to women that you, like, have feelings. And I, I think that that's not wrong. Like, I don't think it's fully right, and it definitely is kind of, like, a cynical way of looking at it, but it's true. And it definitely is true that, like, I, you know, have definitely thought about books that way. Like, there was definitely a period, like, the, the most I've ever sort of, like, had unprompted conversations with people on the subway was like the period when I would like sit on the subway and like read the Argonauts or whatever. Oh um, yeah. Which I, it's like a very specific moment of people being like, Oh, like you're reading that thing. Everybody's talking like, okay. Okay. Uh, or, you know, um, like this show I think is coming from a, a different perspective, but I think you could imagine a very funny version of the premise where like, they're all pretending to read or like she's pretending to read Ferrante. Oh, Sure. And, you know, and that just like, too, like, I think we've, we've talked about this before that I have already come up with a conceptual Ferrante world <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that would be like the, like the Harry Potter theme park, except it would take place in Naples and like, you could like go to Leela's shoe shop and like try on shoes and get like hooted and hollered at by, by the, the men who were there. And like this character, she would love that. She would be like, she "Yeah, it's like I basically read it. I went to the amusement park." And and, and there is something experiential about that. That you like that. It's pretty cool. Like, and going back to what you were saying earlier, like I think a fundamental part about growing up and like being an adolescent who's discovering things and learning things is that you're learning some things for the first time that, you know, lots of other people already know, and that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. You know, having opinions about David Foster Wallace is fine, is good. Um, you know, it's, it's worth actually sitting down and trying to read Infinite Jest or starting with essays and, and, you know, not even getting there. Um, but being curious about it is uh, a good first step. Yeah, it, it's it's I think the thing that is funny to me about it is that there are specific things that like will not always, but like very often somehow snowball into being like 
broader whatever and you know i mean it it is often the things that you would expect to like be canonical right where it's like you're very rarely there's never a thing where you're like ugh, like four months time for the octavia butler discourse again (laughs) Um, yes uh, you know, it's always like very specific things, and and even like you know, because we we spent uh, most of this time talking about uh, you know, the the main character, but Shiori, the the other character, the one who like is a really big book nerd, her yeah. taste is like also very like canon centric, which I think is very funny. Like she it she is. has the taste that I did when I was a middle school student, and and I I think that especially that the fact that she loves a specific genre gives it a little bit more excitement or something like one of the the things about books that people talk about too much too much is that they're the one thing that you're assigned to read you you have to read them in school and so when you develop interests that are not assigned at school (laughs) um that's when you uh become a reader yeah, and th- there definitely is, like, a- as much as they sort of are, like, in the strike zone, like, almost a little bit too much, I feel like there is something that's, like, very honest about the 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 taste that these two, especially uh, Shiori and Sumika, have, like, developed outside of class. Because also, you never see them in class, which I appreciate. You never see them in class. Yes. They don't go to class. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just the library. Um, uh, yeah. Which was and what I my high school experience was like. Yeah. Just the library. Well, the library was the place the library was the place that you would like go to hang out if you like had free time, you know. Everyone was like kicking it in the library. Oh, that's cool. Or maybe that was just me. <laughs> I wish I had spent more time in in the high school library. That would have been cool. Um Yeah, and, and I also think that like the love of science fiction or Sherlock Holmes it gets to a more shout outy place about fan culture in general. Like these, this is a thing for fans. Um, and I think that there's some looking down upon that in the literary world. And um, why? <laughs> I think it's so snobby. Yeah, and, and it's cool. That, like the show. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. No, go. Go ahead. I'm. No, it's it's really fucking cool that that these girls are just so fucking excited about these books. What's not to like uh, about that? No, it, it's really nice, and I I like. I think that the obviously right. This is a show that I think like does not necessarily have the most like emotional depth because the episodes are literally no. three minutes long. Uh, but I do. I think it it does like capture a little bit of the experience of trying to explain to someone why you like something and like why mm-hmm. they should be into it and how like daunting of a task that is because you have this moment and I don't remember if it's the first or second episode. I think it's the first episode in which like Shuri is like introduced and and uh uh Salika asks her like what sci-fi book she should read and then she just like talks for 15 minutes straight and is like maybe you should read Highland like maybe you should read Clark or Asimov or this or this or this and then like by the end it's like you're she's not going to read anything that you recommend because you have gone in way too deep and I yep. deeply relate to that experience uh as Absolutely. someone who like She's worried about which translation she should recommend, which I think is just like, I have to tell you, I have never read, I think, a book in translation and then read it again with a different translation. I think that is badass <laughs> and I am not there and I will admit it. Well, it's I, I feel like it's the kind of thing where like, like you care so much about it because you want the other person to have the experience that you did. Yes. And then you just forget that they have not interacted with the translations. Like this is a thing that like, I feel like comes up with right sort of stuff that you would also expect her to. Pro- oh, uh, a thing that she does pretend to have read later. There is an episode later in the season in which, uh, Salika like 
she opens a uh, uh, Proust. Oh wow! And then and she her reaction is like it. This made me hungry for Madeline's. I like I'm gonna stop reading it and go eat or whatever. Uh, but that that's like a thing where I feel like when I was in high school and I was like, oh, I'm totally gonna read the whole thing. I googled a bunch of different translations and was like, what's this about? Uh, and I don't think it mattered because the whole point really was that I wanted to like, you know, be sitting like, you know, looking, uh, uh, I wanted to like be broody and like reading Proust or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it didn't matter what translation I was reading because you, the, the, the only thing you really have to do in that case is just like have a sign that says like, hello, I am reading Proust. Like, come talk to yes. me. Yes. Uh, yes. But, but it like sure. felt really important at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate that she's like, she's like, the book is going to get retranslated after the movie comes out. So maybe you should wait until then. But then if you don't read it, like if you don't read it now, it'll wind up in your to read pile and then you'll never read it, which I and, think and is. And I really appreciate Ms. Bernard's, uh, that, that she wants to read the book before she sees the movie, or she wants to have said that she read the book before she sees the movie so that she could say that the book is better. Like, is better. yeah, that's, that's a natural impulse. It's, very funny that it's like she like no she's like listen like people are gonna say the book is better and it's like it's like more cultured to be like the book was better so i'm just gonna go and like really make sure that i've done that even though i like only saw the movie uh and And even like oh sorry go ahead no no no. oh and even like that is such a trope now just in the in the world that like ooh, something really transgressive you can do is to say that a movie was better than a book and write a big list of, like, here's The Godfather. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, we're... <laughs> that's another one that comes up every six months, I feel like. It does! That's, what, and, that's how I feel about it. And you um, can trace, I feel like, the shape of that discourse, because it always is, like, that, and then it becomes somebody talking about the weird subplot with the 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 vagina in that that uh book <laughs> i I mean, yeah, I think the only I'm trying to think of the the people who say that Jaws was a better book that's intense. I honestly did not even know Jaws was a book. I am that is new information that I am learning for the first time as an adult uh, right now. So I'm uh, already behind on the, the Jaws, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, with, with those things, it's like th- they are so... The movie has so far per- surpassed the books that like, yeah, why would you know? Yeah, I'm trying to think if they're... I mean... I think the thing that I have been like snobbiest about in that respect is probably when like the His Dark Material show came out. I was like, Ugh, like I don't know, I don't know if they're gonna. Did you hate it? I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't watch it. It's, it's a kind of, it's a kind of yeah, like it's fine. It just sort of, you know, I think one thing that that is different between books and like filmed media i mean th- this isn't really true i'm sure because i like obviously there's like a lot of like trends right like in books but there's such a a sort of like rapidly shifting set of like things that are in vogue and it really felt like the his dark material show was just them being like well like game of thrones like did well and like people like right, that so right, let's just right. like so let's just do this in the style of game of thrones and it's like right that's not the, the book is about that's killing god and yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh um i i will it, say that on the other other hand um i was i've been really into my brilliant friend and the elena ferrante adaptation on hbo that like it's one of the few things that i feel like enhances my pleasure of the book by watching the show which is cool damn that is cool i uh have not seen it because i was worried that that wouldn't happen but maybe maybe that'll like become my uh next project since it's not like i have other stuff to do 
uh, <laughs> other than other than sort of like you know figure out ways to like pretend to have have watched things i okay that, that's another thing pretending to read but it's like in the schema of pretending to have consumed cultural objects yes, like pretending yeah. to read books is like higher than pretending to have watched tv shows which i feel like is the big like by far the biggest one you know where people will be like yeah i like totally watched the sopranos like i thought it was really crazy that like they didn't tell you if he died and it's like you could just say you haven't seen it. People will be excited for you. You know, people will be yeah. like, oh, you get to sort of like go on an adventure with our friend Tony. But I also think like there are no recaps for books. I mean, I guess you could read Cliff Notes or like whatever, Spark Notes or whatever it is now. But like, I feel like I'm so used to reading so much about TV that there are shows that I haven't watched that I feel like I've watched. Um in a way that like I would never be able to um, try to fake that with a book. Yeah. And also, cause I feel like the right, it's like people are more intense about it, uh, which I feel like is one of the big things in the show as it is like embodied by these characters, mm-hmm. right? That, that Shiori is like very intense about like having read the book. Um, and there's like so much stuff where they're like, you have to like, you have to read the book. Like, I I love that she, uh, you know, is like, but like humans, like, like trivia is great. Like everyone loves like, like one of the great things about humans is that they know things that are totally useless. And it's like, everyone's just like, but like, you could just read the book. Like you could read the book and you just you are really choosing not to. Um, which I think is the boy who says that, which is very funny because I love that he has no personality. And then he's just the uh, boy in the library. I mean, and that's talk about a trope for for girls with glasses everywhere. That was <laughs> a big deal. Yeah, it was. It's funny because that that's the kind of thing that I feel like could very easily veer into like girl pretends to like read things because she thinks that it will like impress boy, which is like true to life, but I think also less fun than the fact that this just like is the only boy that she ever interacts with because she's always in the <laughs> library and he's also always in the <laughs> library. And so she's just like, I guess like this is how crushes work, uh, particularly in, in like middle and high school. Uh, and I love that he, he like has no discernible taste. Like his, his, you know, uh, he like likes things that are like Sherlock Holmes adjacent or something. And it's, I feel like something that I'm used to doing and seeing is like the boy in the library likes Charles Bukowski. (laughs) And so I will also like Charles Bukowski. And um, that's so dark. And he like, by the way, he, I I like some Bukowski, (laughs) Um, but maybe not as much as I did when I had a crush on a boy who liked well, let's let's. Uh, that's like another thing I wanted to talk about. Like, what if if you're sort of comfortable? Like, what 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 is like the the thing that for the longest time you have pretended? Is, is there a thing you've pretended to have read for uh, like some period of time? I I mean, there I'm. Sh- I have read Anna Karenina. I have not read any other Russian novel. Um, so like. When people talk about war and peace, I can be like, oh, yeah, and shake my head. And, like, I have enough context to, to know sort of what they're saying. But, but no, I have not sat down and, and read that whole thing. Yeah, you're like, listen, I saw the musical. I get it. I saw it. the musical. <laughs> the, maybe the funniest way of experiencing the cliff notes that is not, like, a movie. You're like, yeah, I, I saw the great comment, okay? Oh, that was so good. Very though. silly. And and, uh, and a weird just, thing about me is that I read the books Les Miserables and Phantom of the Opera <laughs> when I was in high school because I was like, well, <laughs> I had to go back to the source material for these beloved texts. That's I mean, that would also fit, I feel like, very well in the tone of the show. Although I can't I feel like I've heard uh I like know people who have read Les Mis and like I feel like they like the book. People like the book a lot. I think that I think Les Mis has a lot more cachet. Like I, I was just Gaston Larue uh, was was someone I thought 
I could be pretentious about in high school because he wrote the book that the Phantom of the Opera was based on. Also, you get to say Gaston LaRue in like casual conversation, which I yeah. think is like a huge part of the, you know, like, like, yeah, of course, like my my feelings about because like the names just like are so fun to say. Yes. With a, yes, a lot yes. of these people. Yes. Uh, and it, it like. I mean, even even, uh, you know, like, I feel like that's like obviously not the whole reason, but I, I suspect it is like part of the reason why Sherlock Holmes has so much staying power because it's just like people like saying the word Sherlock. Oh, that's very funny. I hadn't considered that part. I I was thinking like, oh, because there's always some TV or movie adaptation. There's like always some reboot of the franchise. Um, But you're right. Well, I feel like that's why though, right? It's like, it's like, that's the causality is like part of it's like why is this thing so popular and part of it i think i mean obviously not like all of it but i think a lot of it is people just being like damn it's fun to you know like work sherlock into stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, i don't um, remember if they talk about the the sherlock tv shows in this or if there's like a i feel like they must but i, I don't remember not in the first three episodes at least there is an episode later on where they talk about Interstellar, which is very funny, if, if I'm remembering wow. this correctly, and I, I don't remember why. Yeah, I'm trying to think, is, is that, that's not, that no. wasn't based on no. Okay. No. <laughs> it's like, I could pretend to have read that too, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Interstellar, well, I like the novel. Would, I like that, would that would be the funniest thing, right? It's like you watch a movie and you're like, oh yeah, I read the book and there's like no book. And it's better. <laughs> Yeah, you're well then you're the other like, thing uh, is there are novelizations of book of of movies that it's like who bothers with that? What kind of broken person me, do you have me, to be? Uh me as a child is the answer uh, to that question. Oh, uh, what what was your favorite novelization? Uh the novelization of the original X-Files movie, classic, loved it. Interesting. Okay. Which, which I think, I think for me, it was like, I, I, I wasn't like, I like read a bunch of those, I think partly because it was like, I liked reading, but I did not have as sort of like ready access to like streaming or like, I didn't go to Blockbuster that often. So that was sort of the closest I could come to like endlessly revisiting something, you know, where it's like, I, I can't, I can't immediately just like watch the X-Men movie whenever I want. I got to go to the book. I appreciate that. And I, and I feel uh, like uh, even just like there are so many things that I didn't have access to as a kid. And so I would just know a very specific group of things by rote almost because that was what I had in my, you know, here were the videotapes I had and here were the cassette tapes I had. <laughs> and um, that was what was available to me. I, not to be, uh, uh, you know, like, grumpy, but, like, I feel like I didn't didn't fully have, like, the amount of full access to the internet that, that you know, people do. I, I did, like, a little bit, but I feel like so much of taste just, like, comes from, like, you're saying, like, whatever sort of, like, the little germs are that you have access to. And I feel like mm-hmm. I would be so overwhelmed if I was 17 and trying to like develop tastes that would make people think I was cool and had to sort of do that, like in a vacuum, I'd be like, I don't know. Like there's just so like, there's so many things. There's so many things pretend to be into Eric. I was just talking to Jason diamond the other day about, um, MP3 blogs. Like when, when it was time for me to enjoy indie music, there was a way in there were, there were people like almost holding my hand <laughs> being like, Oh, here's this song by Ockerville river. And here's this song that you can download for free. And, um, here's my breakdown of it. And, um, all the cool people will be listening to this. <laughs> and it uh, helped. Yeah, this is the show, the show where everyone is extremely nostalgic for gorilla versus bear. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. Like, and, and, and I don't like I I don't know. 
uh, I guess I don't know what would happen if I was like trying to get into books. Like, I feel like so much of my like taste in books at this period was contingent on like one being into D and D that was like a big, like I just like sure. read all the sort of like novelizations of the D and D things. And like, I, there was a brief period where I, I read like the novelizations of magic, the gathering, which I think was like a real, a real low, uh, <laughs> Because I did not play that much Magic the Gathering. But, uh, and then I just, like, spent a lot of time on Wikipedia. I feel like the only, like, I, I wish there was, like, a little bit more Wikipedia in this show. Because I would, like, I would read, like, a, you know, I would read, like, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress or whatever. And then mm-hmm. read the Wikipedia, you know, page and be like, oh, people, re- like, reference these other books in relation to this one. And then I would just, like, go hopping through and then, like, read about the, you know. It's like how people read through the the wikipedia summaries of horror movies to decide if it's too scary yes. for them yes I, I have done that quite a bit i also here's now where i have to um to shill for my store a little bit um the in the, in the age of amazon and when people are just overwhelmed with choices and um there are so many algorithms trying to sell you things just being able to trust someone, a bookseller, a person at your bookstore, a table at your bookstore, um, is, I think, the safest way to to find new stuff to get into. God, there, there's another show that I wish we could have done, but Merritt and I did it in sort of the earlier version of this, this podcast that is like about yeah. uh, a person who works at a bookstore and like it's like about sort of the process of being really anxious when people ask you for recommendations at the bookstore <laughs> uh, um, which is great i i love that and at least if you're at the bookstore you can look at the books and find them which is like different than like just like even if we're we're sitting here right now um and i i'm in a room without books the only room in my house without books and uh, it, it's harder yeah, it it like I feel like that also is an extension of like um like people being in places to talk about books, right? Which I I feel like is a thing that clearly right like Sawaka, like Miss Bernard, she like wants to do uh but that to me even though obviously I like have I've been to a lot of events where people talk about books, but it still feels like a little bit weird to me where I'm like I feel like if I was really like about that life, I would just be at home reading, you know, instead of like at, at the event where people are talking about the books, which maybe is just a way of saying, like, I think that Miss Bernard could really grow up to be like a powerhouse in the, the literary event scene. Uh, absolutely. And, and there she would were, do so well there, you know, again, nostalgic for literary events ever, but, um, most nights, if, if, um, if I'm not feeling it, I will say to myself, you could have been at home reading a book. What were you doing? <laughs> um, yeah. I, and I think the pandemic has made it so that like, I, now I realize like I can have a glass of wine and, uh, read a book and, uh, not missing much. <laughs> That's nice. I feel, I feel like my feeling about it is like, that's definitely true, although I think for me it's, like, more often, like, damn, I could just be, I don't know, like, rewatching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or something. Um, but it's, like, I want to be able to choose not to go to the thing. Like, I want to oh, yeah, be of able course. to have someone text me and be, like, oh, we're going to, like, this, this like, you know, whatever party. And I'd be, like, actually, I can't. I gotta, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna stay home and, and do nothing. Um, Canceling plans is, I, I can't wait until I could do that again. Although I I would also miss and I do miss I think the social experience of interacting with this kind of person yes uh where you you're like you know meeting someone at a party and you you like realize like relatively quickly that they like are talking out of their ass and it's like I don't know what what what's the last time that you you remember that happening to you oh what what is the most flagrant what is the most flagrant time someone has pretended to have read a book to you. Oh gosh, let me think. 
Huh. I don't. Uh, do you have one? Um. I've definitely had it more with TV and I had it more with TV when I was like writing about TV more often. Mm-hmm, like people, mm-hmm. people, people I hung out with, I think sometimes would think that it, like they have to be like, of course I've seen like breaking bad or whatever. Like, I don't care. I don't know. Like, um, I definitely, I, I don't remember exactly. I definitely, I think I've had that actually with Ferrante. Like, I'm almost positive during the period immediately after I read them and was like, I'm going to go to, like, parties and talk to people about this and be like, damn, like, this is sick. Uh, I would, like, talk to people about them and then they would be like, I actually haven't read this. I just, like, read all the stuff that other people wrote about it. (laughs) And, like, I kind of, like, I, like, respect that, like, especially if it comes, like, midway into the conversation and especially if it's just, like, about, like, you know, the reason that those things, I feel like, become like touchstones or things that people want to talk about is like partly because people want to seem cultured or or whatever. But also I think a lot of it is, you know, like there's other stuff that's going on in people's lives or that people are thinking about that comes up. Yeah. Like there was that moment where there was like two years of just like every essay was about female friendship. And everyone was like, we got to talk about female friendship. We got to talk about female friendship. And it's like, that is a thing that you could experience even if you have not read those books and you're like, I, you know, I like, I'm down to have a conversation about this topic, even Mm -hmm. if it is not specifically in the context of these, you know, sort of like tragic girls in Naples. (laughs) It could be, Uh, it could be. be. Um, and, and I guess that's a value in itself. Like having, if there's a book that everyone's talking about, and it's not, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be a snob about it because I think it's like, if there's a book everyone's talking about and there's something related to that book that everyone's talking about, well, that's good. And if we, yeah, have, you can't- we, if we have conversations about what kink is and, like, what is sexy <laughs> um, because of a shitty book, then that's great. Also... Fifty Shades of Grey is the reason that we have the movie Book Club. Yes, and that that movie is a masterpiece. Correct. I love that movie so much. I feel like that movie has like some spiritual similarities with this show. Like not a thousand, but like in the sort of like everyone is going to talk about the book, a book in a way that like really you know sort of like uh uh acts as a, a basis for like weird hijinks. Uh, and and I do think like the the idea of the book club is is so much there for aesthetic, um, like you know you eat snacks and talk about your lives and update your friends on what's going on and then maybe you, maybe you talk about the book or maybe you don't. I miss that. I miss. Ugh, I like. I was like in a a a, a parent child's book club when I was in elementary school that would like be after school sometimes. Uh, and I loved book club partly because I enjoyed book club, but mostly because my mom would like bring in, or no, it was like during lunch or something. My mom would like bring a bagel to school and I was so excited. That's so cool. It was all about the, all about the snacks. Uh, and I, I don't have that experience anymore. I wish. Yeah. Well, the, 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 okay. Another thing I want to talk about, cause I feel like we've been talking a lot about different sort of ways right that like books get used as signifiers and then part of it is like using it as a signifier to talk about the fact that you don't think of it as a signifier which is like its own (laughs) sort of you know like no one no one is outside of the system of like existing in the world like you just have to accept the fact that other people will observe things that you do and form opinions about them and like there's no i don't know there's no way to be like actually like my reading is above this um (laughs) Which I want to talk about specifically because we were talking about like book internet like arguments earlier. And I think we are both proponents of a a lifestyle choice that is like often frowned upon uh, by book internet people, uh, which does not come up in this show, but I think very easily could. Or maybe it does briefly, which is organizing your books by color. Um, you know, I, I, I just have a stripe. I just have a stripe. Uh, in the middle of all my bookshelves, just a just a, a row of a rainbow, and uh, your, it brings your, me great your joy. bookshelves. Your bookshelves are the reason that I did it. Oh, 
and, uh, and you, it's great. You know it, what color your books are. Like you can find stuff. I know. You it's know just like they're where. your they're your books. They're your books, so you know. Uh, yeah. And it, it just like makes our it makes our living room a much more pleasant place to sit because I'm like, oh yeah, like this is an aesthetically pleasing like space instead of just like a weird cluster of things that is bad to look yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I, uh, you know, and then other shelves I use for different purposes. Like here are the books I worked on in 2016, and like blah blah blah. Like there, here are the books that made me want to go into publishing like i have all these like sub categories but like nothing's as visually arresting as the stripe and the stripe is having a great time now on zoom <laughs> like oh yeah for getting, events for events i um people people love it that's i'm i'm glad that people are, are responding positively i gotta start doing things like in front of our our bookshelf so i could be like like do the the miss bernard thing of being like you guys, uh, you guys like this bookshelf? Looks pretty cool, well, right? Well, the funniest, cool, right? I, you won't be able to see this, but I am holding up my husband's copy of The Power Broker, which um, he uses to prop up his laptop. Um, <laughs> uh, but sometimes I just put it in the background. That I guess this that would have to be the book that I've lied about. Um, I have not read The Power Broker, but it is often in the back of my Zoom chats. That's a very funny one. I feel like that is like its own, you know, set of gags of like what you decide to put in the background and and like sort of what. Yeah. Like I'm talking about what like the weirdest thing you could put in and people still wouldn't say anything about it. Oh, God. Because you know, I feel like there, there's stuff there's stuff where it's like, you know, going back, like if I have like Fifty Shades of Grey, like just like sitting on the desk, like people would say something about it. Not necessarily in a snobby way, but people would definitely point it out. <laughs> yeah, um, that's something you wouldn't be able to miss, really. Well, the, the 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 I think so much of the the like aesthetic joy of like putting your books in places where you want them. Like th this is the thing I feel like I I'm like the most proud of in our bookcase, or that I didn't do, but that Merit did, and that I I like really have have stuck with. We have in our house uh, exactly one academic book about anime. Uh, that is the the spine is sort of like a reddish orange, and uh, at some point several years ago, Merritt put it next to uh, our copy of the Communist Manifesto, and it has remained Perfect. next to our copy of the Communist Manifesto for several Perfect. years. Perfect, and it's just like I feel like that. Like maybe not for for merit necessarily, but the the like putting those two books next to each other is like you you like kind of get it. I feel like if you're like you know if I'm trying to to explain my whole deal to someone, I'm like, well, that, I have that's these two a books really next good to each whole other. deal. Yep, that's that's a very uh, good whole deal. And they're like, oh, I I get it. Like I I, I see what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> but I don't like. Do you do you you have done like a lot of different like publishing things. And I feel like I don't know. Do you think there are people that would like be mad about the show or like or like uh, take it too seriously? Or do you think generally speaking, people would like vibe with it? I think for the most part, they'd vibe with it because. I mean, the people who would deign to watch TV, of course, of course. <laughs> but if you rule out those people, <laughs> I, I think for the most part, People in books get so excited when people are talking about books because it doesn't happen as often as we would like, um, especially in a fun way, in, a, in like a an actual entertaining way. Yeah, which I think that the show does really well. Like it, it really, you know, especially like the whole thing, right? Which it takes someone like less than forty minutes to watch, so it's like pretty easy to just dive in. But by the end, it gets to this point where I think it actually is pretty sincere about the the act of reading and, like, what it is like to do this thing that is very solitary but in connection with other people. Like, the last episode, huge spoilers for the, the last episode yeah. of the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tell me. You know, one of, the, one of the characters is, like, on a train. She's, like, going on a train to, like, visit her family. Um and she's like psyched because she's like, oh, I've been so excited to like read a book on a train, which I mm -hmm. extremely relate to having mm -hmm. having been a child mm -hmm. who like read books on trains. You're like, yes, mm -hmm. like 
what else am I supposed to do now? Uh, and she's like texting, you know, she's texting uh, Sawako about it. And uh, Sawako is like at home and she's like actually reading a book that she already recommended. And they're like texting a little bit about like their feelings about the book that they're reading. And the other, you know, kids are like sitting in their houses reading and you you manage to get this perspective like i think the name of the episode is like a a solitary journey or something Mm. and it it really is like everyone Everyone. is doing this thing that i think often of necessity means that you're alone but that that still creates like the sense of community uh in a way that i think i mean is a little bit corny but it's corny for a reason uh, or yeah. like it's you know it's like a it, it, for a reason and that also it's like wild to me that the show manages to accomplish that in in you know like the 36 minutes of runtime that you're like oh i like have like a feeling about this absolutely uh, which I, is I, astonishing it is it is um uh, it reminds me uh, of you know in, people used to i don't know if they still do have reading parties where you were like not meant to talk, but you were all supposed to sit together and, and read, which like to me defeats the purpose. But like I appreciate that that is maybe someone's vibe. <laughs> you know? Is it is it people reading the same books, or is it like everyone brings their own book? Everyone BYO. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like I would enjoy it more if it was like. I feel like the the this is the uh, uh, a thing that probably like I have some memory of like you know people would do with like Harry Potter, you know, or like everyone would like get the books the day that they came out, and then you would go and like everyone would read by themselves, and then be like, I can't believe this happened. Like, wow, do you think the goblins were supposed to be Jews? Uh, which was definitely what I thought <laughs> when I was a child. Uh, Oof. But Oof. that that like you don't you don't get that as much, I think. Um, well, and that's and, why and, that's why I love being the the golden age of collective TV watching when Breaking Bad and Mad Men or even Lost, like I loved the communal aspect of that, that you everybody could be watching the same thing and then everybody can react in different ways. And like that's so hard to do with the book. because uh, everybody what, reads what? at different paces and what what was the last book you do you feel like that 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 happened with? Hmm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Um, you know what I hope? This is this is like maybe a deflection, but I think I think this will happen. Ruman Alam's book. Um am I blanking on the title now? See, that's the problem with me. I've read hundreds and hundreds of books, but if I could talk about them in any like, decent way, uh, Leave the World Behind. Ruman Alam's Leave the World Behind, I think, is something that lots of people read. And it's fairly, it's like a quick read, like I read it in an afternoon. And I'm not like a, oh, I read it in an afternoon kind of person, you know? Um, and I think it's like talking about so many big questions of our time, quote unquote. Um, so, so I hope that happens with Ruman's book. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, def- also a good, a good pitch for every character on the show because you're like, it's short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's about, I mean, about big questions. It, it does make you feel smarter for having read it, which is like maybe the ultimate compliment that a book can do for you. <laughs> Well, I think it depends on whether you're actually smarter, because I, I think I actually realized what the, and I, I don't know how much I like want to really dive into this, but I feel like the last thing I would imagine that like had like close to that level of like lots of people reading and talking about a book is like, honestly, like white fragility, you know, when people were like making the reading lists that were like, here's our like anti-racism reading list, like read yes. these books and you'll be a better person. It's like. But I also I think know. those I, I, lists had so many different books on it. But but people did feel like, you know, if I follow this curriculum, then then I will be a better person. And and, and I don't think that's not how books work, Eric. Um, I am, though, 
an actual proponent of fiction makes you more empathetic. That if you just like take some time to live in someone else's life, that then you have to identify with them more. I I hope that uh, that is what happens. I don't know. I I shouldn't. I don't know. It, it's whatever. It like past guest on the show, Lauren Michelle Jackson. I think wrote a really good essay about. She did. Uh, yeah. About these reading lists, and mm-hmm. it's like. I think if you commit your uh, much like uh, Miss Bernard, if you actually do the reading, then like probably it will be, you know, as long as you like have an orientation toward where you're trying to be. And then you, you just sort of like keep going. Um, eventually the goal is to get to a point where you're embarrassed for having been that into the book. I feel like is like the point of that kind of reading list is you're like, Oh, I can't believe I like spent all that time thinking about white fragility. It, it's, it's also, I, appreciate the idea the very oversimplified idea that there is an easy fix or there is a way to educate yourself that goes that goes beyond you know read these six books and you're you'll be a better person and the problems will be solved but i i will so yes the white fragility books of the world not my cup of tea but I do feel like if you begin to read more fiction about people who are not like you, it can only be a good thing. Read good books, people, uh, which I think is a good way of transitioning to the concluding segments of the show. So first, yes. I, I have to, I have to, to ask, um, as is tradition, are you going to watch more of the show? You don't have to feel compelled to say to say yes. This is a a, a fact finding mission. No, I I've been I've enjoyed what I've watched, and I and I hope to. Yeah, and I think you're right about like the idea of three minute episodes that are actually satisfying. I guess that's the where Quibi got it wrong, right? Like these little chunks are like exactly the right little snack. And so, yeah, I think I will. Excellent. Yeah, it's 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 really nice to to have something that like knows the scope of what it wants to do. Like, there's an episode that's I think like just about the lists, you know. And it's like I would want like listen, like it's like a joke about a three minute conversation about like what books people have read on a list of books that you're supposed to read, and then you move on to the next subject. And I mm-hmm. I appreciate that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Which is is funny because this is the only I, I like haven't done any other uh, research drops, but I I do want to say I re- like the guy who wrote the manga. I read a little bit of this other thing that he wrote, um, that is called uh, "For Immortal Children in the Galaxy," which I think tell like right like it, all of the stuff about uh, science fiction is like very much coming from his perspective, and sure. it is about about like these two children who you know it's like has like a little bit of an adventure time like post-apocalyptic vibe but they're just like two children who have been alive for like millennia and they're just like bored uh and it has that balance of like it is pretty funny but also like very depressing in in a lot of ways um and i feel like that is another version of being like thinking about what you know what can you do in this like very simple format um but speaking of things that are important to do in a book format, uh, uh, do you want to tell tell people about uh, about the work that the various projects and things that you're doing and why they should be uh, buying books through through McNally Jackson? Um, so McNally Jackson is an independent bookstore located in New York. There's four locations: two in Brooklyn and two in Manhattan. Um, and I'm booking events for them and doing marketing for them. And it's kind of been a lifeline, Eric. It's, I, I host Zoom events. Last night I had Jason Diamond and Morgan Parker talking about the suburbs. It was a joy to see my friends' faces and the faces of people who I'm, I also you know, admire so much. Um, so that's cool. And then I have my own podcast where I talk to authors specifically about just a new book their newest book. 
Um, so it's a way to have like a really kind of informal but direct conversation about the book itself. And like not too not too much about like, where do you get your writing done? Yeah. So basically, if you are trying to be on the serious level by uh, the books, either at McNally Jackson or if you don't live in New York at a different local bookstore, uh, but if you're on the Miss Bernard tip, then you could just listen to the podcast. There, there, you oh my gosh. Out. Yes. Yes. Just do that. Just listen to my podcast. You can. That's listen. If you're not going to read the book, just listen to the podcast, folks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. Is, is there other stuff uh, uh, that people should be should be checking out or, or thinking, you know, uh uh thinking about that's that's coming up in in this vein whether it's stuff that you're doing or or just books people should be looking out for let me just uh throw out some books that people should be looking for Ayataktar's uh Homeland Elegies is um just one of the best books I've read in a long time um and it's one of those people overuse the term autofiction um and I like that he said to me on the podcast that what he prefers to think of is um, that he's writing a reality TV version of his life. And so he's like editing out the bad parts and putting in the most provocative ones and showing you what he wants to show you. And um, I think that's really cool. And um, it also contains so much rage, which I don't know if you're, in this country Same. right now. <laughs> I, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Homeland allergies. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And thank you uh, everybody for listening. We will be uh, back next week. Hopefully uh, uh, sticking to a little bit more of a schedule. The show that we, I believe we'll be doing for next week is one. Some of you maybe have seen it's called cowboy bebop. Um, you can watch it on Hulu in its entirety, uh, or if you want to just watch the first three episodes to get caught up with us, very excited to dig into that. Nobody has ever attempted to have critical opinions about Cowboy Bebop before, so I'm sure we will, uh, reach a lot of new conclusions. Uh, and if you are really starving for more fanbyte content, as you should be, uh, you can listen to more fanbytes podcasts at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Follow Fanbyte streams at twitch.tv slash fanbyte and engage with more Fanbyte posts uh, at twitter.com slash fanbyte media. I'm at, at, at Eric Thurm and you can email us with feedback or questions or suggestions for uh, what we should be doing at podcasts at fanbyte.com. Uh, Maris, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and talking uh, about this, this fun little uh, thing about, about thinking about books. Eric, thank you for introducing me to this wonderful series and for having me on this wonderful show. Uh, and uh, as we, we say here uh, for now, until I come up with a better sign-off, uh, until next time, we'll see you in the Shadow Realm. Bye.